Today, our reading of the Gospel is from John chapter 10, verse 11 to 16. John chapter 10, verse 11 to 16. Before I go into the Bible passage, let me ask all of you a question. Have you ever experienced from any person who is willing to do anything for your good? People today do good because there is an agenda. Maybe not all, but you will find that it's not surprising that people have an agenda when they want to do something good. For instance, there are people who constantly want to invest time in others because they see a potential and benefit in you to help them build and achieve their own ambition. But how many of us truly have experienced love and dedication from a person who have the perfect and selfless view for your life without any agenda? I remember when I was in college, that is like a long time ago, there's this uh, girl that I met who is a foreign student from China. And she told me that every person that she knows always have an agenda. And I remember we had this debate that I believe there are people who have good intention without any agenda. And she said, you are wrong. And the more I know her, I realized she was going out with like six to seven men. And she was just okay with it. So I asked her, why? Why do you see there's a need for that? She said she knows what men need and she knows how to get what she wants. Everyone has an agenda. And for men, it's her looks and her body. Of course, I find that really sad. And I remember that whenever she is in trouble, she needs to go to the hospital or she's in a crisis, the first person she will always call is me. Few years later, we lost touch. And when we got back in touch, she called me from China. She told me that her whole worldview of life, her whole paradigm changed because she realized it is possible to have a person to do good without any agenda. Let's turn to our gospel reading today, which is in John chapter 10, verse 11 to 16. The beginning of the reading of the passage in verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. What is interesting from this passage is how Jesus started comparing himself with the hired hand. Jesus says, he is the good shepherd and not the hired hand. Generally, the audience that Jesus was preaching to understood the role and industry of shepherd or shepherd uh, or sheep farming. And the Pharisees who were so part of the crowd in this passage and context would understand what Jesus was talking about in terms of good shepherd versus what is a hired hand. There are three characters I want to talk about in this passage. Number one, the hired hand. Number two, the good shepherd. Then the third character will be the father. The hired hand that Jesus was talking in this context is actually a worker that looks after the property of the owner. So in this case, it's the sheep, which will be the property owned by someone else. In other words, they are hired helpers or contractors to look after someone else's sheep. Even though Jesus said he is the shepherd unlike 
the hired hand, it doesn't mean the hired hands are not shepherds. The hired hands are shepherds too. What Jesus wants to say was that he is the good shepherd, but unlike the other shepherds. Let me share with you some interesting facts about higher shepherds in order to appreciate this gospel passage more. According to the Jewish Mishnah, which means the Jewish records of oral tradition, the laws are strict with people who work as hired helpers, like these higher shepherds that Jesus was referring to. There are expectations for the hired hands to take care of the sheep. They are expected to treat the properties of the owner like their own properties. The hired hands are responsible for the well-being and safety of the sheep. Therefore, do not be surprised a hired hand is required to be skillful, knowledgeable, full of wisdom of what they do and highly competent to be a shepherd. Because the hired hands will get in trouble if they do not know what they are doing and fail their duty to shepherd properly. This is how the law protects the owner, just like today, the same, the law protects us. What can we learn from the Mishnah about hired hands? Well, we can learn that any leaders or shepherds could know every single thing how to flock the people of God and even know how to assess dangers and sickness of the sheep or they can even tell you how to differentiate goats and sheep. The hired hands can have a job with responsibilities because they need to be. If not, they won't be paid. That is what they do for a living. However, Jesus says he is not like the hired hand because he is not another contractor who has a duty to fulfill, but he is a good shepherd. The difference between a hired hand and Jesus is his willingness to risk his life to flock and protect the sheep. According to the laws of the Jews, the hired shepherd must do all they can to take care of the sheep, unless it is beyond their ability, such as the sheep is violently being taken away from them. Then the higher shepherds are not obligated to risk their lives for the properties of the owner. This is why Jesus says in John chapter 10, verse 12, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. So when Jesus told the crowd he is the good shepherd that will go beyond the duty of the hired hands, the Jews understood perfectly well what Jesus was talking about. He is referring himself as no ordinary shepherd. He is a shepherd who will do anything to make sure the sheep is safe. Most of the audience in this Bible passage understood very well the sheep in this context were referring to themselves, the Jews, the people of God. This is why there was a commotion in a crowd who heard this message of Jesus who called himself as the extraordinary good shepherd. The Pharisees thought Jesus was crazy and demon-possessed to say such bold statement. Some scholars use this passage to attack the Jewish Pharisees, saying Jesus was accusing the Pharisees as the hired hands. There are anti-Pharisaic people who find all opportunities to have an overtone in their theology to just find every single thing about legalism and also Phariseeism. 
Jesus does not hate all the Pharisees. Jesus does not hate the legal laws that bring righteousness. The passage is Jesus was focusing about himself as the shepherd of the people of God, the leader of the people, the Messiah who will lead the Jews to salvation. The Jews and the Pharisees had knowledge about how God is the shepherd in the Bible or God being the shepherd of Israel. Psalm 23 talks about God being the shepherd to lead his people to green pasture and comfort them with his staff and rod. Another example is King David was also a shepherd boy who became king. The ancient scripture of the Jews, which is the Old Testament, has a very high view of shepherd, and Jesus is the good shepherd God has sent to save them. God has always been using the metaphor of shepherd and sheep to talk about his caring leadership over his people. In Zechariah chapter 9, verse 16, this is what it says. On that day, the Lord their God will save them as a flock of his people. For like the jewels of a crown, they shall shine on his land. God also sees the king and priests of Israel like shepherds over his people. And God is very serious about this appointment of their duty. Because the following verse in Zechariah, which is in verse 17, says, Woe to my worthless shepherd who deserts the flock. May the sword strike his arm and his right eye. Let his arm be wholly withered, his right eye utterly blinded. God is serious about the work of the shepherd for his sheep because God entrusted his care to the shepherd of the people of God. Now coming to the third character that will also help us to understand this passage, to bring more light to this passage. The third character is God the Father. John chapter 10, verse 17 says, For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Since this parable is comparing two shepherds, one is the good shepherd and another is the hired hand. Therefore, it is clear both of them are not the owner of the sheep. And in this case, God the Father is the owner of the sheep. This parable of Jesus was explaining that the owner is still ultimately God the Father. And we as the people of God are being put charge into the shepherd's hands, which is the good shepherd, Jesus Christ. In Psalm 95, verse 7 says, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. And Ezekiel chapter 34, 31 says, And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. Therefore, when the Jews who usually know the words of their prophets and Psalms very well, they understood when Jesus said God will put him in charge of the sheep. In this parable from Jesus in John chapter 10, it was a powerful message to the people of God. God is saying through Christ that He will no longer give us to the hired hands, even though the hired hands may be skillful, experienced, and own whatever credentials, but ultimately the sovereign choice of God will give us as His sheep to be in the care of His Son, Jesus, the Good Shepherd, the one who will give us His life. 
and not only that, who will lay down his life and rise again. Let me compare a little more about the Good Shepherd with the hired hand. As we learn from history and scripture, hired hands are shepherds too. So as I prayed lately to God, God told me there are things to learn from hired hands too. You, we can learn and we can observe about their shepherding skills. But expect he will never have the heart like his son Jesus Christ. He will still be able to teach us many things about ministry, but ultimately look to Jesus as the good shepherd. The hired hand can feed the sheep because he is hired to do so. I'm not saying hired hands are no good in what they do. Hired contractors will have the utmost practical wisdom how to flock the sheep. But the hired hand will not understand the foolishness of those who risk their life for the sheep of God. Because the hired hand cannot understand what does it mean to love the people of God, to go beyond their ability for the sheep of Christ and to risk their life for another person. They will call this foolishness. Some call it martyr syndrome. It is true that some people can be reckless and mindless to get themselves killed. Although we should not condone suicidal missions that some people do, such as intentionally walking into imminent danger to get themselves killed. But the hired hand would not be able to understand or understand what is a good shepherd that Christ is referring to. It is normal for the hired hands in their human nature to first protect themselves, protect their own interests and guard their own safety. However, the good shepherd goes beyond their self-interest for the life of God's people. When we look at Christ, the good shepherd, he sees the sheep beyond as just someone else's properties. He loves the sheep. He goes beyond himself and to go all out, to seek them out, to save them. And the footsteps of Christ could also be observed in our founding fathers of the church, the apostles of Jesus Christ. All the disciples of Jesus except Judas lost their life and suffered a great deal for the gospel. They went through a great length and suffered just to preach the gospel. Before the disciples became apostles, all of them flee and hide when Jesus was persecuted. Peter denied Jesus three times. But when Jesus was resurrected and gave them the Holy Spirit, the disciples took on the duty as the apostles to spread the gospel with courage. Their life changed from fishermen, tax collectors, and so on, to become good shepherds like Jesus. Because they began to understand the words of Christ. They learned to understand through the Holy Spirit that the heart of God wants to seek out the lost sheep, feed and heal the sheep, and lead them to the kingdom of God. A lot of us may have grown up in a church, but a lot of people might have grown up not knowing that as children of God, there is a need for a pastor to be involved in their life. When the church member is sick, in trouble, and going through life ups and downs, God wants the church to be in the pastoral care, in the pastoral community. The heart of the shepherd is to go all out and to seek out the sheep of God. Many of them are sick and dying sheep out there in hunger for the sacraments and the word of God. 
and many out there are in danger being ravaged by wolves without a shepherd to lead them. God says in Ezekiel chapter 34 verse 8, As I live, declares the Lord God, surely because my sheep have become a prey, and my sheep have become food for all the wild beasts, since there was no shepherd, and because my shepherds have not searched for my sheep, but the shepherds have fed themselves and have not fed my sheep. And in verse 11 says, For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep, and will seek them out, as a shepherd seeks out his flock, when he is among his sheep that have been scattered. So will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on day of clouds and thick darkness. God will not forsake us, but He will come after us and gather us to His own. This is why the Father loves the Son and the Son loves the Father, because both of them share the same heart, same view and same mission. And those who love the Son, like Peter and the Apostles, will follow the footsteps of Jesus to feed and lead His flock. Jesus said, in John chapter 10, verse 16, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. You see, Jesus did not sit down or sit around and say, Let God, the Father, bring people into the church. Don't we sometimes hear that too? Sheep wanders off by themselves, and they often get lost. We are silly little creatures that like to wander off from the presence of God. Jesus is in a mission to flock the sheep of God to come under one body. When he was on earth, he was going around from town to town to flock the sheep of Christ. A hired hand will not want to do extra work, but wait for work to be brought to him. But a good shepherd is working hard out there, looking for the lost sheep. Jesus said in Luke chapter 15, verse 4 to 5, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders. Even if it is just one lost sheep, Jesus would go around to look for the sheep. Jesus would rejoice and put the sheep on his own shoulder so the sheep would not run away again. Notice how Jesus in this passage says he would joyfully put the animal on his shoulder. Therefore, no matter how broken we are, how far we run away, and how we stray away from God, God is on a mission to seek us out and bring us to his presence. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 25 says, For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. We may wander off again and again, but God will come for us to rescue us. My friends, how many of us wandered off before and Christ came to seek us out again and again? He came to rescue us from falling into the pit. We know how faithful is God. Some of us may be wandering, not physically, but in our hearts. We have wandered far off from God. Sometimes it's not merely stopped coming to church, but our hearts have become like a lost sheep. Our hearts have wandered off to the world and to other places. 
A sheep cannot survive on their own. They cannot find water and food on their own. Unless you are a goat, a goat who know how to live on their own in the wild, but not the sheep. The sheep need to be with his and her shepherd. There is no such thing as a lone sheep wandering by themselves in the eyes of Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 16, as I have read it earlier, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. Jesus said there will be one flock under one shepherd. The sheep of Christ flock together as one community in the one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. Perhaps some of us or some of our friends are being called by Jesus, yet they never came to know Christ or they never came to know the heart of the Good Shepherd. Some have never even come into the church through baptism and received the body and blood of Christ in the bread and wine of the Holy Communion. Jesus is calling and he says that his sheep knows his voice. Some may be hiding in fear, in doubt, in pain, or in darkness. But Christ is calling us out, calling us out of this hiding. My friends, Jesus is the Good Shepherd, and you will not only hear His voice and recognize it, you will know He is the Shepherd most worthy for you to follow. He is not like the people of the world who have an agenda for their own ambition, Jesus is the shepherd who selflessly laid down his life for you and I. Have you seen the crucifix? Have you seen how much torture and blood on his body? That was all done voluntarily from Jesus so that our sins could be forgiven and he will give us eternal life. We will lie down in green pasture and enjoy his living spring water. And good news, God did not send us a dead shepherd to follow. Jesus is the risen Son of God, the living shepherd that will lead us into the eternal kingdom of God. For those who are willing to obediently follow our good shepherd, we no longer fear the dark. We no longer fear the valleys of death because he will be with us to protect us. For me, to close this sermon, I would like to read out Psalm 23 verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the promise of Christ, our Good Shepherd. 